Yeah. So, but that's that is how that's how I've been doing. It's weird. It's really weird. Like having a nine to five, and, and especially starting a job. I, I hope I get over this because everyone seems to be going like, "All right, good night." Like whenever, because they do flex time, and so you can show up at seven and leave at three thirty if you want, or oh, show up at eight and leave at four thirty or whatever. And so I showed up at seven forty on. Wednesday, and then I was like, okay, I guess I can leave at like four ten. Yeah, and so I just kind of like, do I have to check out with anybody? Like, my <laughs> boss didn't even tell me she wasn't going to be in today, so there's that. Just kind of left. Like, yeah, I think. Well, it's funny because the HR person situates herself has situated her office like right near where everybody has to walk out. So she was like, uh, good night. And I was like, okay, actually, kind of funny about this episode. Like, I, I yeah, just, oh like, my god, it yeah, is. yeah, like. I waved my, I kind of waved my hand, but she was looking at her computer screen and, and, and then, but she said, have a good night or something like that. <laughs> I was like, I hadn't watched it, the episode it, yet or I would have really laughed. It seems like you've got to, you got to pick up what I do is you got to do the, the physical like motion of a hand yeah. wave and the verbal good night or have a good one. Yeah, I should, I should have done that. But office etiquette is like, it's just one of the, I, I, like, I'm not. I don't know what's going on. You know, I don't know what I'm allowed to do. I don't know, you know, <laughs> how long lunch is. I don't know anybody's name. <laughs> like, I know there's so much I don't know about the nine to five world. It was like, when your work is done, you can leave. I didn't, I don't check in with anybody, you know? Um, yeah. and, and if I don't yeah. have any work, when do I leave? <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, it's, it's a brand new, a brand new adventure. Well, we should, uh, we should get into actually talking Good about idea. things. Good idea. I did have something <laughs> else I wanted to bring up with you, but I'll just leave it for next time because, um, well, no, it won't take very long. I just wanted to know okay. if you saw that there was a new uh, sitcom about a podcast. No, you I You haven't seen this? It's called oh, Everything's, God. I think it's called Everything's Trash. Oh, that sounds on, bad. Yeah, I think that's the name of their podcast and it's about- I'm looking it up. It's a yeah. Hulu series? I think it's on Freeform or something, but maybe on Hulu. Okay, it oh, yeah, is Freeform, Freeform to but Hulu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, and so, an outspoken podcast star is forced to start her journey into maturity when her older brother launches a political campaign. Okay, that's all I wanted to say. Now we can get started. Um, welcome to No Hugging, No Learning. It's a show about one thing: watching Curb Your Enthusiasm for the first time. I'm Tim Murphy, and I'm Ted Hollowell. And today we will be talking about season two, episode eight, Shack. But before that. What's the deal with stuff from our last episode, The Doll? First, who, and by the way, we're, we're recording this much later than we normally do. We normally record on Thursday, and we're, or Sunday, and we're recording on Thursday. And we yeah, also... All of our, like, all of our newsworthy bits are actually going to be timely by the time uh, some people listen to this. Yes, that is very true. But also, you know, we, we also had been editing on a different schedule too, because I, because when I wasn't working, when I had COVID, I was like, Oh cool. I can get to it early again. And so it has been like a week since I've thought of the podcast, you know what I mean? And so yeah. I pulled up my, <laughs> my notes and I was like, Oh God, my homework. And I was like, Oh, that's right. I did it a week and a half ago. <laughs> um, so the male exec, who was the actor who played the male executive? I definitely recognized him from Tommy boy. Uh, his name is Zach Grenier. No relation, as far as I could tell, to Adrian Grenier, which I was very disappointed in because I ah. like discovering secret Hollywood, not nepotism. Well, I mean, maybe, but just secret Hollywood se Hollywood relatives. Se secret Hollywood blue links on Wikipedia. Yes, exactly. Like one I just saw recently. Did you know Jason Sudeikis is Norm from Cheers' nephew or something like that? Hang Wait, on. who's who's Norm? Is that J uh, John Ratzenberger? No, it was the other guy. Uh, damn it! Let me see. Now I got to go to J uh, Jason Sudeikis's. Uh, oh, George Went. George Went is his uncle. 
which is insane ah. to me. Yeah. No, I had no idea. I know. That's, that's wild. Zach Grenier, not related to Adrian Grenier, uh, but he is an American character actor of film, television, and stage, best known for his roles in Fight Club. He plays Ed Norton's boss, uh, so I definitely recognize him from that. Tommy Boy, as I mentioned, I already remembered that I recognized him as the, uh, one of the Callahan Auto Parts board members or associates, one of the main dudes. Mr. Riley is his name. He, he's in Twister as Eddie, Dr. Jonas Miller's assistant. So Carrie Elwes, the evil storm chaser, his assistant, uh, he plays, which I remembered. And uh, he was in The Good Wife as David Lee. So that's a big, uh, I think that was a years long, like a couple seasons of that. And he played Andy Cramid in Deadwood. He was also in a movie called Delirious from 91 that I remember. And get this, Ted, he was in Problem Child 2. Oh my God, no way. He plays Wojtek, the ex-husband who like attacks John Ritter in the restaurant on that date. Oh my God. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, he's a little unrecognizable. You know, he's very unkempt uh, and disheveled in that role. So, but I bet if I went back and I would recognize him again. Because yeah, so I was I was uh, very excited to find that out. So there we go. That's everything that uh, we need to know about Zach Grenier. What about Harriet Beecher Stowe? That's who ABC is doing the miniseries on that Larry keeps showing up to go see. Uh, Harriet Beecher Stowe uh, lived from June 18, 1811 until July 1st, 1896. July 1st, my birthday. Not until, uh, you know, about 100 years later, but <clears throat> around then, 90 years or so. Uh, she was an American author and abolitionist known for her novel Uncle Tom's Cabin in 1852, which depicts the harsh conditions experienced by enslaved African-Americans. The book reached an audience of millions as a novel and play and became influential in the U.S. and in Great Britain, energizing anti-slavery forces in the American North while provoking widespread anger in the South. Uh, so them trying to ignore history has always kind of been a thing. <laughs> down there even when it was going on <laughs> like no we're not going to teach that slavery is a thing but it's literally happening right now nah i don't know i don't, I don't know uh, she was influential both for her writings and for her public stances and debates on social issues of the day so if it was present day you might have seen harriet beecher stowe destroys slave owner with facts and logic oh uh, my god that kind of thing it sounded like she was into the Stowes were ardent critics of slavery and supported the Underground Railroad, temporarily housing several fugitive slaves in their home in Maine just before they crossed over the border into Canada, I'd imagine. So that's who Harriet Beecher Stowe was, known mainly for, again, Uncle Tom's Cabin. Uh, I found this in my further research of the episode. Larry's line when he learns the doll's name, he goes, Judy, 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 which we didn't even point out was, again, an ancient Golden Age of Hollywood reference. Did you... Did you know that when you heard it? Had you heard <laughs> no, that Judy, no, I had no Judy, idea. Judy. So it's a reference to Cary Grant and is one of those famous misremembered Mandela effect lines of Hollywood lore, like play it again, Sam, or Luke, I am your father, or what if I told you from the Matrix, like all of these quotes that people remember and they, they never said. So Cary Grant was in this movie called Only Angels Have Wings, and his former girlfriend is called Judith or Judy, played by Rita Hayworth in the movie. And so he has several lines like, hello, Judy, come on, Judy. Now Judy and stuff like that, but he never says Judy, 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 but that's what everyone remembered. And so somehow, you know, it, 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 he grew to be attributed to this quote, even though it never actually is said. And in subsequent interviews, he expressed his bemusement over the phrase, apparently. In the 80s, he said he thought it started with a celebrity impersonator by the name of Larry Storch, who was appearing in a nightclub. And Judy Garland walked in, and that's how he greeted her. Judy, 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 apparently. Uh, again, a reference <laughs> to the movie and... Judy Garland, now 
this phrase is a beloved movie line that was never spoken in a movie. I also found out that this is pretty interesting. Actress Marin Dungey, who plays the woman who works for the Michelsons, the housekeeper, whatever she is, some sort of assistant. Uh, her name is Amy, by the way, in, in the show. I don't think they ever say it, but she is credited as Amy. She's the sister of Channing Dungey, who was president of ABC from 2016 to 2018 in real life. Oh, my life. God. Yeah. And then Channing Dungey was the president of Netflix from 2018 to 2020, and she's currently chairwoman and CEO of Warner Brothers Television Studios. So that's pretty cool. She's a, a big... It- Hollywood player. Is she she's been a uh, would you say president and CEO of Warner Brothers? Uh, yeah, she's Since currently chairwoman and CEO. Yeah, chairwoman and CEO. Yeah, yeah. still like even with the Discovery merger. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Wow, uh, that's that's, of, that's yeah, awesome. All right. As of last week, or, or or her Wikipedia editor needs to get on that. Um, yeah, I believe she was the first uh, African American woman to be president of a network or something like that. Yeah. So, and the fact that she ran Netflix for two years, that's pretty amazing. Uh, all, and, and other names from this episode news, according to IMDB, the Michelson's daughter's name is Tara. Again, I do not think we hear it in the, <laughs> throughout the episode, but there you go. Yeah. I know uh, you were calling her Judy, real yeah, Judy. Yeah. Cause I was under the impression somehow the dialogue gave me the impression that the doll's name and her name was Judy. And I thought we had like an American girl kind of situation okay let's consult the book uh please rise in this episode the party scene at the abc president's house was shot in the home of night rider creator glenn larson <laughs> that's all the info we have about why <laughs> okay i know all right the shelf in sammy's room fell down unintentionally in the middle of the scene but they kept the cameras rolling and ended up using that take how about that wow <laughs> that's kind of cool yeah and and it's and it's wild how like everybody kept rolling with it. I mean, that's that's what professionals do, I guess. And they did have to change the camera angle. So I wonder if that is where it came in. They're like, what the hell? Because Jeff's like, you know what? I He, he works it into his thing. He's like, I, I was st- I've been staying up nights thinking about this shelf coming down. I knew it was shaky. I just wanted to fix it. Um, so it's just interesting that they worked that in, into the scene. The locksmith is played by Curb Your Enthusiasm's key grip, Jonas Laganoff. How about that? Uh, there's a running gag at least four times in the show. Larry asks people if they're going to attend the screening of part two of the miniseries. I, I didn't know that was a gag, but there you go. <laughs> For the show's final scene in the bathroom of the screening room, Curb art director Michael DeMio built a fake wall with a window for Larry to escape through after, here's that name again, Tara Michelson tells her mother she felt something hard in his pants. So we were remarking about how weird it would be for a skyscraper to have a window in the bathroom. Yeah. Um, but it's because it was a fake wall. Uh, what were they thinking? Bailey Thompson, who played Tara Michelson, said, shooting was really fun because there wasn't a script, so you could just be wild with it and do whatever you want. And Rita Wilson was really nice to me. So that's nice to hear. Uh, <laughs> I really like that quote. And Rita Wilson, who played Ann Michelson, said, Larry is a friend of mine, and he called me up and said, I've written the outlines for the season, and I think this is the best episode for a woman this season. So if you want to do it, it's yours. I was flattered and excited and said, I'll do anything. So there you go. That's awesome. Very cool. Yeah. Good stuff from the book. Please be seated. All right. Uh, do we have anything else that we need to cover before we really get into it? You mentioned newsy stuff. I don't know if you want to do that here. but um, m- Might as well, yeah. Do we yeah. have newsy stuff? The, the really only big news was that the Emmy nominations came out and Curb Your Enthusiasm scored four including oh, yeah. yeah for their 20 uh for their 2021-22 season including outstanding comedy series so that's the big one uh also outstanding sound mixing for a comedy or ha- or drama half hour or animation wow that was for the episode 
Irashimase. I don't know. I guess we'll find out in a few years what that means. Um, it's an all caps next, next year at some point. point. Yeah, which is you know it's it's good they're getting sound mixing award nominations because that means the ADR must be getting better. <laughs> good, thank Christ, my uh, out, God! Outstanding casting for Allison Jones and Ben Harris uh, for a comedy series. I think Allison Jones also cast The Office, and this is another big one. Outstanding guest actor in a comedy series for Bill Hader, who plays Igor slash Gregor slash Timor in the episode of the same name in the, <laughs> the season. So I'm psyched that we're going to have uh, some Bill Hader in the show. Yeah, that, up. that rules. I know we talked about, I don't know if it made a main uh, main cut or if it was like a Patreon uh, exclusive, uh, but we talked about Bill Hader in Barry, yeah. uh, co- co-created by Seinfeld writer Alec Berg. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah, it's incredible. Right. So I'm I'm really happy that uh, Bill Hader makes his way into into the Curb universe. Yes, yeah, yeah. And Barry scored a ton of nods too because uh, people love that. So yeah. So there we go. That's that's the big news about Curb. Still killing it. All right. Well, if you have never listened to us before, we are not a research heavy show. Despite the last t- t- thirty four <laughs> minutes pre editing uh, being exclusively bullshit it's a lot lots yeah. and lots of bullshit um we like to have our questions pop up naturally in the run of the episode uh i've never seen these episodes before tim hasn't these seen these episodes in the last 20 years if we miss anything if we egregiously skip over something please send us an email or send us a tweet it's at no hugging on twitter or no hugging no learning show at gmail.com both of those links are down in the description that's also how you can send us lost in the mail entries any uh any inquiries any questions uh we do have something for lost in the mail but we will get to that at the end of the show if you like what you hear please give us a five-star rating and a written review on apple podcasts or spotify uh and if you send us a screen cap of your review we will send you a free no hugging no learning sticker free of charge um just uh, get it to us like either email or dm it to us if you like what you hear and you would like to support us monetarily, take that next step up into your fandom. We are on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash nohugging, where for five bucks a month, it's it's a measly, tiny, itsy, bitsy <laughs> little price. You get every single episode one week early. You get clipped content from every episode. You know how I mentioned that we've been talking for 34 minutes? A lot of that ends up on Patreon. And you also get two-ish movie reviews every month um we're probably only gonna be able to do one for july just because that's how timing worked out but uh it's still a steal Mm -hmm. all that being said season two episode eight shack original air date november 11th 2001 and if you are looking in tv guide that night you are gonna see larry's villainized for accidentally tripping shaquille o'neal at a lakers game (laughs) hmm it gives away the entire plot. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah, it does. I wish that was because that's a fun reveal. Like, I knew it was coming, but I think it'd be better if I didn't. We'll see if we can make it better. We'll see if we make it teasier at the end. Um, well, we start at dinner, and everyone at this little... It's, it's like Cheryl and Larry and then two other couples, and everyone is ignoring Larry's hot veggie takes about broccoli and cauliflower. <laughs> like they, they cut the stem off the broccoli. Yeah. Why do they do that? Yeah. I like that part. Yeah. You know what's weird? I was listening to a show, an interview podcast today, where I think they were referencing this episode, and it was before I had watched the episode, like right before. It's so random how our lives are just 
mimicking the show without even knowing it like the yeah, like the good like the goodnight thing earlier yeah yeah because they were talking about broccoli and someone just says oh did they cut the stems off the broccoli and i'm like <laughs> well that's that's weird and then i get to the episode i'm like oh holy shit what i found is if you if you buy a bag of broccoli like frozen broccoli it's mostly stems it's the craziest thing yeah, there's like three florets or whatever and it's all <laughs> stems like it's one it's a vegetable that that everybody in the house likes we eat we go through a ton of it and we have to buy it in stalks and boil it because if you buy the yeah. frozen bag it's like garbage it's just garbage <laughs> <laughs> what about if you get the steamer bags yeah i mean that uh, i think you can buy ones that say like just florets or something like that but you're gonna pay a premium for that you oh know? yeah that's that's for sure yeah because it, otherwise it's like broccoli pieces or something <laughs> and, <laughs> and you get even if you get broccoli in like a mixed bag like mixed vegetables with broccoli it's like you're getting stems you're getting all stems and and i also don't mind them but i'd like a good I mean, make it 50-50 at least, because that's, that's what the broccoli is. It's 50 stem and 50, 50 floret or whatever. Don't make it, you know, 90%. Like when you get mixed nuts and they're all peanuts, you know. It's like the, it's like the meme of the two biceps, like locking arms in an embrace. One, <laughs> one bicep is uh, buying cheap broccoli and the other is buying cheap marijuana. And they meet in the middle and it's like, you're getting stems. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, all stems. <laughs> And Jeremy is there, a.k.a. in the past he was on HBO's Mr. Show, but also future insurrectionist Jay Johnston, who we've already <laughs> talked about. Uh, because it's interesting like that where, you know, you can see the crop of improvers that uh, Larry is pulling from. And like, so we've had Bob Odenkirk, who was like just finishing up Mr. Show when his episode of Curb aired. Jay Johnston also on HBO's Mr. Show and also worked with Scott Adsit in, in creating some stuff later on, I think, for... Um, Adult Swim, as we talked about. So uh, just kind of it seemed like there was a gang around of young improvisers that that Larry was working with. But uh, yeah, that's that's him. That's him, officer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he asked Larry for a letter of recommendation for a fellowship at the L.A. Museum of Art. And this sort of uh, harkens back to this is sort of a, a cribbed plot line from that pilot episode where like that that, um, you know, the receptionist or whatever is asking Larry for a recommendation and I don't remember what I don't remember how that gets botched, but it's just the same kind of thing where Larry is like, "Great, I, I have work to do for this guy. I barely know." Yeah, uh, yeah. They they start talking about the Lakers, and Larry is going with Jeff to a game tomorrow because Jeff just got courtside season tickets, and so that's going to be a blast. Even though he's a Knicks fan, he'll root against the Lakers. And Bob's wife, another guy, Bob, when he gets up to go to the bathroom, his wife says she wants Jeremy and Larry to do a page for one of those books, you know, those birthday books and everybody does a page for Bob's 40th. And Larry is like, what, what are you, what are you talking about? What is it? What is this? And she's like, well, you know, Jeremy, you can draw something and Larry, you can write something. And I, I loved this. Make it funny. Do you think you can make it funny? <laughs> I loved that so bad. Uh, and, and Larry is just like staring blankly at her. And I wrote this down before he said it, but I was like, he's leaving dinner with two homework assignments, you know? He says it outside later when they're leaving, but I'm like, you know, you, you can see that he's just like, God, what? And everyone is also ignoring Larry as he and Cheryl get up to leave because Cheryl's parents are in town. So they, they don't want to leave them for too long. So they leave before dessert. And everyone is, is ignoring Larry as he's just tossing money on the table for whatever Larry and Cheryl ordered. First, it's like 60 and then 90. And he eventually leaves $115 on the table, which, you know, if it's a nice restaurant for a couple that might. He might be close, especially if they got wine, you know, <laughs> it might not be far off. You know, like that restaurant I was talking about that the wedding was at, like you're going to spend 115 bucks 
as a couple if you're if you're drinking wine and getting you know you know a, a nice entree and, and a meal or whatever and taxes and tips and all that i don't think he went overboard that's what i'm trying to say especially not for a guy who's worth half a billion dollars <laughs> um but outside larry is upset about getting homework He was like go to dinner and get homework and also paying 115 dollars, which he feels like is over and cheryl had to remind him to say goodbye aren't you gonna say goodbye well yeah well yes yeah, of course I was going to say goodbye. Uh, so he's upset that he was, he was a little embarrassed that he thought they weren't going to say goodbye. And by the way, this is one of my social fears that probably no one thinks about. That, like, I'm going to leave somewhere and someone's going to go, huh, uh, Tim didn't say goodbye to me. Huh. I'm, uh, I'm very upset with him now. Like, that's oh. what I picture. Like, you know, th- there was people that I didn't get to say hi to at my wedding that I was, like, calling yeah. as I was leaving. Oh my god! You know, I was like, "Hey, See, thanks for coming. I I know we didn't get a chance to talk, but you know, I like, and and that that should not like that should have been my day." <laughs> yeah, know? we um we had a going away lunch for our traffic director. She's still working for us, but she's working remotely from L.A. now. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And well, her husband like lives in Southern California, and she was living in Texas because right. her daughter was going to uh, college, uh, and her daughter graduated, so they just all moved to Southern California. So we had like a going away luncheon at this burger place and there was like 25 or 30 people there. And so I finished eating. I had more work to do. I Irish goodbye uh. and I have to like walk by everyone to get out of the door. So I took like the long way around hoping as few people as possible would notice that I just up and left. Yeah. Um, and and I, I could sense like some like... Did I just do a bad thing? But I mean, that was like six weeks ago, and it, it it's all blown over. So I'm like, yeah. okay, cool. But it's not did, it's not a big deal. But you say blown over. Do you mean just like nobody brought it up in six weeks, so it must be fine? Or someone said Ted didn't say goodbye? It, exactly. Nobody's brought it up, oh, and it's okay. been six weeks. There so I'm go. like, saying, Phew. yeah, yeah, yeah. I just always I'm like, I better say goodbye to everybody. I want to. I better say hello to everybody. I better or I don't want or someone's gonna be mad at me. Like I don't. Yeah. I want people to like me. And, and they don't like people who don't say goodbye. So even as an Irish person, like the least Irish thing I do is is sometimes, yeah. <laughs> you know, I make sure I say goodbye to everybody. Well, the thing is, is like I even sent emails to uh, the woman we were saying farewell to yeah. and to both my bosses because they picked up the tab for lunch. Uh, and I said, hey, right. I had to run and and do some stuff. Uh, thanks for lunch. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Yeah. And I'm like. I'm like, hey, I, I covered my bases. That counts. That works. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. counts as a goodbye. Oh, God. Yeah. The work function adds a whole new, like, this was friends, like Larry's friends and stuff. A work function adds a whole new, like, Ted didn't say goodbye. He's fired. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> that ungrateful son of a bitch. Tim is fired. <laughs> First thing. Like, no, I should have said goodbye. You didn't think, you didn't say God bless you when I sneezed. Um, <laughs> you didn't say thank you for paying. So back at home. Uh, Cheryl's parents are there. So once again, Paul Dooley and the wife, I don't know, I didn't recognize her again. They're in town for Becky's wedding, which I don't know, may come up later. <laughs> you know, we, we've met Becky. That's uh, Kristen Olson, right? From Curb Your Enthusiasm, Cheryl's uh, sister. So I guess she must live out in LA or something. I don't know what's going on. We just know they're in town for some reason. And they're playing categories and <laughs> they hate Larry it seems like maybe immediately yeah like they hate larry but i'm trying to compare it to how much jeff's parents hate larry and i was like who hates them more it might be equal <laughs> who hates larry more <laughs> who, who do you think i i think it's definitely jeff's parents jeff's i parents. feel like cheryl's parents hate him in a more playful way um but 
I feel like I Cheryl's dad would hate there. him in the way that like, oh, I hate him because he's not good enough for my daughter. But yeah, yeah. boy, is he rich. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. Yeah, like this This is the guy that my baby girl is spending her life with. I can't believe that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, one thing that, that, that sets him off right away is that Larry says Arabia is not a country. They're playing categories and, and uh, Arabia is not a country. Well, the, the the dad is thankful, but yeah, the mom yeah. is like, "Oh, go go, go to bed or something. Just go away." Which Larry does without yeah. saying goodnight. Yeah, yeah, and then so yeah, so Cheryl's dad's like, "Don't you say goodnight? What do you just leave? <laughs> you, leave you go upstairs. You don't say goodnight." Uh, I, the other thing I like that Paul Dooley did that. There, so there's a mutual hatred between them, I guess, because you know Paul, you know uh, Cheryl's dad is like, "Oh yeah, uh, we, we raided your game closet uh, and your liquor cabinet." Ha ha ha! And he's like drinking, you know, probably some very <laughs> nice liquor that Larry had, and Larry's and as a joke, like, "Ha ha! I got this. Look at this. Look at this like entire hand of liquor that I poured into this glass of your that belongs to you." Ha ha! And yeah, so Larry's just like staring at him uh, with disdain. Uh, so upstairs in bed, Larry is asking Cheryl about the birthday page. I wonder if this was a thing in the in the 2000s, like the birthday book. I, I certainly wasn't having, you know, I feel like it would have been an older person thing. So I have no idea what the deal with that is. But he, And then he's also being very mocking and sarcastic about the recommendation letter, which is something I also remember about the the pilot, too. Like, dear, L- he doesn't even know what it's for. He's like, dear L.A. County Museum, uh, this guy uh, who I've been to dinner with, <laughs> Uh, twice does some very good circles and triangles <laughs> and <laughs> I, I also love this was a very George sentiment where he's like what does he do those like concentric circles and stuff like I could do that is it art if I can do it that is such a George thing to say that was yeah. so yeah oh my gosh and you know it's like actually what Larry believes like if he sees art that he's capable of it is not art <laughs> which I like um and the, my favorite part of this scene where he was like, so Jeremy, um, I don't know his last name, but I'll find it out and I'll write back to you. <laughs> and again, one of my favorite parts of this whole episode was how exasperated Cheryl is through the whole thing. Like she's giving him eyes when he was doing his veggie takes. She wants to go to sleep now and she is exasperated. And she's just like, so put, she's just so full of Larry. She has had it with Larry through this whole episode. And I love it. Uh, over at the golf course, Jeff uh, in the in the locker room, Jeff has to dip from the Lakers game. He can't go now. So he's like, why don't you just take Richard Lewis? And Jeff and Larry run into Albert Mayo, who is Shaq's agent. And Shaq loves Seinfeld, by the way. He tells Larry David when he finds out who he is. And then Larry uh, asks Jeff to check out something on his back. And, Larry sa- uh, and Jeff says, why don't you ask the Lakers doctor, Doc Wiggins? He's right there. That's who Albert was playing golf with. And it's Scully from Brooklyn Nine Nine. I'm still unfamiliar with Brooklyn Nine Nine. Uh, they, they're playing. They're playing three episodes of it every morning on Futurama. The three ep- they, oh, on Comedy they replaced, Central or something. Yeah, yeah, uh, or yeah, on Comedy Central. They replaced three episodes of Futurama with Brooklyn Nine Nine. I meant. Um, uh, so they're playing Brooklyn Nine Nine, Futurama, and then South Park now. Uh, that's a, that's a tough thing to catch. I mean, you got to. I just watched from the beginning. It's it's a great show. It's it's one of my favorites. It's it's hilarious all the way through. But this is one of the funniest. This is one of the funny guys in the in the show, and he's offended by Larry trying to get free service. And 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 frankly, I would agree with him. I mean, that's just it's just not the time. I know Larry. You know, Larry made a good case for like this is the same case that people make when they want like a picture yeah. of a famous person. Like, hey, it's just going to take a second. Like, hey, man, I'm eating dinner or whatever. You know. Like, but, but Larry is in the wrong here. Like it's, it's a locker room. That's a pride. That's a safe, that should be a safe space anyway. You know, 
but uh, I loved his line. Uh, Scully, I'll call him Scully. Doc Wiggins line where he's like, what do you do for a living? He's like, I'm a, I'm a writer. He's like, well, hey, next time you're in a hurry, why don't you write me a bunch of shit for free? <laughs> like, damn. <laughs> yeah. Solid really burn. <laughs> Solid burn. Uh, so over at the Staples Center, which was at, oh, God, 1111. What do you want me to say, L.A.? You haven't gotten back to us. I don't well, know how to one, do addresses. What do you, you say? 1111? Yeah. 1111. 1111. Make a wish. South Figueroa Street. Uh, soon to be Kobe Bryant Boulevard. So the Stable Center was there. The home of the Lakers is still there. It is now called the Crypto.com Arena. Boo. <laughs> yeah, the it is it was the Staples Center from October of 99 until December of 2021 when it was renamed the crypto.com arena. Uh I can't wait. Has that sign fallen off yet? Like like the crypto market <laughs> has fallen off? Can't wait. So the, and it's it's kind of amazing they filmed at an actual game. I mean, there's something going on here. Like they they've got an actual game going on and by the way, we were just talking about it great sound mixing because we get this shot from across the arena of Larry and Richard making their way down to these beautiful courtside seats and the mouths match up like this couldn't have been yeah they, they had to have been wearing mic packs yeah i, I guess but it, and, and like they matched it up really well like i don't know if it was adr or whether it was mic packs but but you figure like in an arena like to get sound that clear like it just seemed like it was mixed really well it was it seemed like it was post-production mixed really well maybe it yeah. was maybe it wasn't because i did see like some mouths off sync but but they did a great job with this scene and uh, I, I want to bring up real quick, the Lakers are playing the Minnesota Timberwolves. I just assumed from the earlier conversation that they were going to be playing the New York Knicks, the Knicks yeah. because why else would Larry be there? I guess just because it's boss. Like, he'll go and watch a sporting event and root against the Knicks, or, or root against the Lakers, I mean. I, I, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if someone offered me courtside seats, I don't watch sports at all, and I would be there a million percent. You know? <laughs> okay yeah like it, it reminded me of when like we just had that g-league team in erie and the the bayhawks and the courtside seats there and i was like that's awesome like that's yeah that's cool I, and it's I, just, I would definitely yeah. sit in in the courtside seats yeah yeah i i would no doubt like you know I, i'd pretty much go to any sporting event i'm invited to but if, if it's a suite or if it's a or if it's courtside or or down right near home plate or whatever like i'm i'm there 100 percent just for the experience um, so Larry is in these courtside seats and they're, they're even right next to the bench too. And he stretches his legs as Shaquille O'Neal heads back into play and trips Shaq and he is injured. I loved like everyone crowds around him and I loved Richard's line. It's not an assassination attempt. <laughs> like so many people <laughs> are, are immediately on top of Shaq and the whole stadium starts booing Larry and they pretty much run him out on a rail and they even put him on the jumbotron, and he's constantly like pleading, "It was an accident! It was an accident! It was an accident!" <laughs> but Larry and Richard have to leave the stadium. Uh, back at home, Cheryl's the phone is ringing off the hook. Cheryl is taking so many calls about people having seen Larry trip Shaquille O'Neal, and they say he's going to be out for two months. And the news is even reporting and basically doxing Larry David. Saying, yeah, Jesus. Yeah, like he's straight up got doxed by the news saying that Larry David has tripped Shaquille O'Neal and put him out for two months. Like right at the beginning of the season, I think. I, I, at the at the table, they're like, here's how the Lakers season. It's going to be another great one or whatever. So right at the beginning to be without their star player. But the parents don't seem to care. They're also telling Larry and Cheryl to quiet down. Like, you quiet down. We're trying to watch our show. <laughs> <laughs> and and Larry's like, all right, fine. I'll go upstairs. And then there's one last. Don't you say goodnight? 
oh perfect yeah. just perfect <laughs> just perfect like you wanted him to be quiet but also say good night uh just amazing the next day larry's walking down the street and i could tell by the way from a business nearby i it was um i sight optometric center that they are at 11600 wilshire boulevard <laughs> i'm just gonna stop doing the you're having so much trouble with this <laughs> They're at 11600 Wilshire Boulevard. So he's in the 11,000 block of Wilshire Boulevard. How about that? Uh, and people are just staring at him like, obviously, that's the guy. A guy slows his car down and calls him an asshole. Um, and, oh, by the way, uh, Eyesight Optometric Center is still there in the 11,000 block of Wilshire oh, Boulevard. Oh, okay. Yeah. Jeff tracks him down and says the Lakers have taken away his season tickets, his courtyard <laughs> seats, uh, because of the incident. Because he's responsible for whoever is in those seats. Uh, and in Larry's office a little bit later, the janitor even lays into Larry. I loved this this guy trying to be nice but also really mad at Larry. You know, you can tell he's a guy who's like, hey, Mr. Larry or whatever. And and but he's like, Why why would you do that? <laughs> he's like pleading with him like <laughs> for some reason. And Larry's like apologetic, like, this is the first guy that I feel like Larry feels bad about letting down, you know, like not even bad about Shaq, but this gave like some sentimentality to it. Like, why? <laughs> why did you do that? Why'd you put your legs out? Um, and the assistant is overwhelmed, like taking all these calls, obviously, again, from the press, like no comment. And Larry's like, tell you what, can you get in touch with Shaq? I want to see him. And also, I want to please get every episode of Seinfeld on a tape, be on, on tape because I want to give it to him because he's such a big fan. In Larry's office, he sits down to work on the birthday book uh the assistant has no idea what to do for that either and he just kind of leaves it blank and and goes home and as he walks out now this is a running gag this is funny she's like no goodbye (laughs) (laughs) man that was funny every time that like people decided to like pick on him uh so out on the street a dude gets splashed by a car going through a puddle but not larry and he kind of like a light bulb goes on like he has an epiphany uh, at home when he shows up at home Cheryl's parents are leaving a little too much a uh, little too much activity for us and as they're <laughs> leaving in the car Larry is ecstatic obviously and he he says don't you say goodbye <laughs> he yells at him as they leave <laughs> Bob's wife pulls up and says that Larry does not have to do the birthday book anymore she's not doing it at all it was a dumb idea I'm just gonna get him some cologne or something Bob's wife by the way is named Jill and Larry's line here was great. Oh, I had such great memories from the two dinners we went to. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, and Larry is ecstatic that no one wants anything to do with him. Like, Cheryl does not see this as a good thing. She's like, oh, no. And he's like, no, no. This is great. And she's like, well, I'm going to go to Starbucks. He's like, I'm coming with you. I want to come with you. <laughs> um, at Starbucks, which is obviously not a Starbucks, by the way. <laughs> There's nothing. There's no branded Starbucks anything in this place. It's just uh, whatever, some sort of restaurant that they've used oh, for. I was, a I was place. really hoping it was a it was an old like vintage Starbucks because that would have been kind of cool. Maybe it was, but it didn't. It sure, it sure didn't seem like it. Um, but Larry is like tap dancing. He is so happy. He is dancing, and Cheryl wants a mocha. And this has always been one of my favorite curb jokes. I had a friend Dave who really loved this joke. Uh, give me one of those uh, vanilla bullshits, whatever you know, <laughs> coffee, vanilla, whatever you do, w- vanilla. Just one of the one of those bullshits. Uh, I just I just love that like diminutive, and, and that was very much how people thought. Like now, Starbucks is so you know it, it just ensconced in the zeitgeist, if you will, that no one bats an eye when you're like, 
yeah, I'd like a, you know, vanilla macchiato, three pumps, extra shot, whatever, you know, like when you do the, but it was a, it was a punchline. Like those, those Starbucks orders were a punchline back in the day. Oh so yeah. The fact that they were just making coffee and, and selling it for $5 was still very hilarious. Uh, and so this <laughs> is definitely a play on that. But Jeremy shows up. He tracked down Larry. Oh, your housekeeper told me where you were. So I'm glad. You know what? I don't need that recommendation letter anymore. In fact, Larry preempts him. He's like, let me guess. You don't need the recommendation letter anymore. He's like, yeah. I, wow, what a load <laughs> off my mind. <laughs> and Larry this is, is yeah. this is like the, the 2001 version of being canceled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But being happy about it. It's like it's like when you make, you know, the, the whole meme of like making plans and, the, and then getting out of them. It's like. Uh, being so happy when plans get canceled, but but it's not because you might have been initially excited, like your plans might be a party or something. But and this was stuff that was planned for Larry, so it's all. And again, he's so condescending. He's like, "Oh, I had beautiful things to say about the circles and triangles that you do." And I love <laughs> and I love Jeremy trying to. He's like, "Well, there's there's a little more to it than that." And Larry's like, "Well, I don't know, I don't know." It's uh, but I had. And so when Jeremy leaves, he's like, he announces to the coffee shop, "Coffee on me, everybody." Get what you want, coffee and pastries, anything you want. It's on me. And and he gets his vanilla bullshit, whatever. And he's like, what's it? What's in this? A latte? He's like, milk and coffee? Who'd have thought? Milk and coffee. Again, very, very condescending uh, to the barista. But about he, what he's, he's having the time of his life. Oh, yeah. As he says later, never been better. As he says to somebody later, this is great. Larry does not have any responsibility to anybody or for anything. So at the City of Angels Medical Center, which was at uh, one, uh, 1711 West Temple Street. It is now L.A. Downtown Medical Center. And we have talked about this before, and I could not find the episode. I was like, was it? I don't, I don't think it was Seinfeld because they, they spent very little time in L.A. I was like, it must have been Curb, but I don't remember. I guess it was the episode where he was going to the doctor a lot. But if, it, if you remember, the uh, um, City of Angels Medical Center was the one engaged in that Medicare fraud case where they would go pick up they hired like quote-unquote recruiters they called them i think to just go pick up homeless people and bring them in for treatment and then they charge medicare and then uh, you know maybe even for stuff they didn't even do to them but that but at least they had like a body you know mm -hmm. um yeah. and so yeah if you remember that discussion wherever that was we've seen it before uh it is now la downtown medical center i think i mentioned that larry is pushing a giant cart full of hundreds of vhs tapes through <laughs> the um hospital and he asks the doctor he sees to look at his back and tell him if the spot is what it is you know if it's anything and the guy's like oh no this it's nothing it's from the sun just stay out of the sun so again larry on cloud nine yeah. everything's and, coming up larry and he even gets a name for it solar keratosis and it's yeah. benign yeah don't worry about it it's just from the sun and uh so everything's coming up larry he runs into albert mayo and albert's like i'll tell you what i'll take sh uh, you know i'll take you back and larry is a little trepidatious at first. He's like, he's not going to hurt me. Is he? <laughs> um, and, and he was like, no, no, he's, he's fine. So, um, but this is where Albert asked him like, how you been? And he was like, never been better. <laughs> uh, so in the room, we see Shaq and Doc Wiggins and Aisha Tyler. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. Yeah. I knew she looked familiar. Yeah. I, I, I had to confirm it was her. I was like, cause she looks very young. Um, I might even like throw this into, because she seems like one of those people. I'm like, I bet she has an improv background. And she's always been very funny to me. Uh, I loved when she, I, I liked when she take, took over for the soup. She hosted the soup. Or maybe back when even it was talk soup for a while. I thought she was very funny. And wasn't she on Friends too? Or am I mixing that up? I think she was on an episode or two of Friends. Um, she may have been. And, and she's just I know been... she had a long role on Archer. Oh, uh, okay. 
Yeah. She she's just been she's she's been very funny to me. I think I've liked her on talk shows and stuff too, whenever she's been on like Conan or whatever. She just is quick. I know she, and, I know yeah. she was uh she was the new host of Whose Line Is It Whose Line Is It yeah, Anyway, whenever they revive that. that. Yeah, yeah. So she must have an improv background if, if that's the case. I mean I'm I'm just assuming. But uh but yeah, so it was I'm 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 gonna write that down just to see where she was in her um career at this point. I might even do a little dive on Shaq too, because like <laughs> you know, I remember being when he's when he started as like the biggest star and like breaking backboards and stuff and like I don't think like the Lakers wasn't the first team that he appeared on wasn't that the Magic didn't he start on the Magic and then uh, move to the Lakers I I think you might have that in reverse in reverse okay well maybe he did start on the Lakers then I could have sworn well anyway we'll 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 worry about that later but it it was a it is a pretty good get for Curb to have Shaq on. Like at this point in his career, it's like a definitely it's like a I mean, it's obviously a cameo, but it's like a solid cameo of like, wow, this guy's a big star right now. Oh, oh nope, I was wrong. He definitely start. He started in Orlando for the oh, Magic okay. in 92 and then moved to L.A. for the Lakers in 96 and then moved to Miami in 04 oh, for the right. Heat. At, yes. Back that, to Florida, so though. He went back to Florida. Yeah. 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 Um, so they're playing categories and. Uh, and Shaq is in the middle of trying to convince everybody that peanut butter is a dairy product. <laughs> um, Larry apologizes to him and gives him the tapes. I always like. I always thought, even back in in two thousand one, how comical it was to give him like two huge containers that that Seinfeld nine seasons fit on like whatever it was a hundred two hundred tapes. Like we're still. Yeah. I looked it up. We're still three years away from the DVD release. So right now, the only thing that has been released on VHS, remember, is Memories of 100 or whatever that weird bootleg-looking thing was. That like, oh my god, the, the 100th episode special. Yeah, so yeah. All you yeah. had, all you had, was a clip show. Uh, so it's just funny that this was the only way to get Seinfeld, and like Shaq had one of the only copies in the world. You know, it's just hilarious that it was hundreds of VHS tapes. So Larry reveals that Doc Wiggins was cheating at categories and he gave two answers that he hadn't written down when the timer went off. And Shaq kicks Doc Wiggins out. He says he's fired. And I'm like, can Shaq really fire the team doctor? (laughs) That's crazy. (laughs) That doesn't seem possible. But maybe he's just like, you're not taking care of me anymore. I don't know. And this is, again, like another win for Larry because this guy wouldn't give Larry free medical advice in the locker room of the golf. And so Larry gets one last dig in. Hey, don't you say goodbye? Oh, man. And Shaq, uh, you know, I I really question whether he is a Seinfeld fan because he says his favorite episode is The Contest, which is like (laughs) so basic. I mean, I hate to be gatekeepy, but come on, Shaq, do better. Uh, And he's like, if you put The Contest in, all is forgiven. And the new doctor comes in and says that Doc Wiggins misread the MRI and it's not a full tear. It's a partial tear. You'll be out for one week, maybe. Yeah, and he so, says you you sit down for a week, you're back at 100%, which I don't think is good medical <laughs> advice for a partial tear. Yeah. For a partial tear that that is so bad it looked like a full tear <laughs> to a medical doctor, like like you know. no rehab necessary there? Are you <laughs> yeah. sure? Are you sure, doc? No. Just uh, you sure about that? Yeah, you no. You sure about partial- that? That's why. <laughs> so, Larry and then Larry is watching Seinfeld with Shaq and life is great uh, Larry <laughs> is leaving the hospital when he is uh, waiting to cross the street but he's splashed by a passing vehicle he sees a parking ticket on his car and then the doctor from earlier reveal it's revealed that he is a 
mental patient, not a real <laughs> doctor, but he has escaped from the hospital for a short time. And that is when Frolic starts up. So oh. that is the end of the episode. Yes. All right. What do we got for homework this week? Maybe a little Shaq and maybe a little Aisha Tyler. Find out what she was okay. doing in uh, 2001. Yeah. Okay. What do you like for cover art? Uh, I mean, it might have to be, I mean, as much as we, we talked about what a what a sucky move it is to give everything away. Um, for us, I think it's okay to maybe put Shaq, Larry tripping Shaq or something. You know, his uh, there might be a good shot of him with the feet out and Shaq making his way down the court. Uh, the See, I'm, I'm, I think I remember there being a good shot of Shaq on the ground holding his knee. Everyone's crowding around him, and you can clearly see Larry. Like, That's perfect. Up. And I'm like, that would be incredible. Yeah. Yes, yeah, that would be great. That's a good one. All right. All right, let's see what we can do about this week's description. Great. So we had Larry's villainized for accidentally tripping Shaquille O'Neal at a Lakers game. What would what would you do to it? I don't know if I can start this one. Larry is villain. I like Larry is villainized, even though again yeah, that's, I, that happens every episode. <laughs> I, I would say Larry is villainized after events. An accident. After after an after accident. He, after he causes an accident at a Lakers game. Yeah. I, I don't think I don't I, I think that's simple enough. You know, I, I, think I think you can even works. take out if we want to shorten it. I like Larry is villainized after an accident at a sporting event. I, I don't even know if you have to put that he caused it in there. That's true. Um, yeah. Larry is villainized after an accident at a sporting event. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's he's villainized. He must have had something to to do with the cause. So, yeah, I, I, like, I like that. that. Yeah, I like, I like that. that a lot. Yeah. Right, let's go with that. Okay, let me scroll all the way down to the end of my notes again. Did you like this episode, Tim? Yes. This is my favorite episode of the season so far. This is my favorite episode of the series so Whoa. far. Whoa! Like, wow. I, I laughed the whole way through this yes. thing. I gave it a start. I mean, granted, we're at the near the end of season two, so we don't have many episodes to, to judge it by. There's only been 18 episodes, but... This is the only episode where I have like laughed the whole way through and thoroughly enjoyed watching. Yes, yeah. There's again, I, I'm I'm trying to come to grips with the, there not being any like joke punchline type stuff, but there are great. There are quick comical scenes that feel like jokes. There's the great running gag of "Don't you say goodnight? Don't you say goodbye? Nobody says goodbye anymore." There is Cheryl's exasperation with Larry, which will always be funny to me because I see it every day in my own life. <laughs> um, and uh, and so it just had and, and and the story comes full circle and we even get a little tag of where we find out that, that life is not going to be like this for Larry in the next episode. It's like, don't worry, we're not going to see happy Larry, but Larry being happy for bad reasons <laughs> is great. And then the fact that his life crumbles again at the end is also great. Um, yeah, it, it comes full circle, it, and and we get resolution. It it was great. Yes, all the way around. Excellent. All right. So next up, we should move on to Lost in the Mail. Mm. Let's uh, get into this, Tim. We got an email from John Mara from oh. Stockholm, Sweden. Yeah. Who sent to us? Hi, I heard of the Costanza defense in your uh, <laughs> open pod. I predict that the Trumpstits. We'll soon have these kind of Bible signs. And Tim, I am sending you oh. John Mars fan art 
okay. to your phone right now. Uh, this drawing is more for you guys, but you can use it however you want. Yes, I know that it would be a counter-argument to reveal the source of, it's not a lie if you believe it, but there's no uh, logic to the actions of this group of people. Best of luck, John Mar. <laughs> P.S. Isn't it ironic that that's the same episode where George wears a hairpiece? Oh my gosh, that is ironic. And I messaged John back. Let me find my uh, reply to him if I can. Seinfeld 616, the beard. Uh, and I, I replied back to John. I said, this is incredible except for the Crocs. How dare you diss something so comfortable? But <laughs> honestly, as a non-American, you pretty much hit the nail on the head. <laughs> yeah, this um, guy would probably be still be wanting to wear uh, combat boots with his <laughs> cargo three-quarter length shorts, camo shorts. But he, I mean, for someone who lives in Sweden, he knows he knows us. <laughs> I would like him to write uh, a show about uh, America, just based on this sketch. Who, John Mara? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, think, I think he could. I think he could crush it. Uh, he also replied back with like a uh, a uh, request for our Patreon movie Ooh, review. Oh yes. Well, we love doing that because we can never really. What is it? Do you want to say? Uh, God's Army: The Prophecy. From 1995. I don't know if there's anybody from Seinfeld or Curb in it. Um, it looks like uh, it looks like Kenny Banya might be in it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think he is. And guess what? I think that's from the Murphy Cinematic Universe. Uh, he plays a cop named Murphy or something like that. Like, oh God. Okay. I, when I um, wow, it's got Christopher Walken, Viggo Mortensen, Eric Stoltz, um, Adam Goldberg. Yeah, Steve Heitner plays. Oh, he plays Joseph. But I'm almost certain that he plays Joseph Murphy. Because I remember asking uh, Steve Heidner about that, uh, and I was like, "They're all you're all you play Murphy. You play a cop named Murphy in like every everything you're in." And I was like, "Are they all related? Is there a cinematic universe?" And yeah, so we just riffed on that for a little bit. So uh, I'd be you, down with if, that. If you want to get lost in our mailbag, please send us an email. It's no hugging, no learning show at gmail .com. Give me give me a reason to mark all of these emails as read instead of just. Uh, Hey, here's a list of Russian books you might like. <laughs> or, hello, we would like to put you at top of Google. I'm like, all right. Yeah, why don't you? So, next week, we have got Season 2, Episode 9, The Baptism. Original air date, November 18th, 2001. And, Tim, if you are looking in TV Guide that night, you are going to see Larry is shocked when he discovers that the Jewish man who is marrying Cheryl's sister is converting to Christianity. Becky's wedding. But this sounds hilarious. This sounds great. Uh, I don't remember anything about it. So I'm All excited. Right. Is that it? Yeah, I think that is it. All right. For No Hugging, No Learning, I'm Tim Murphy. I'm Ted Hollowell. Be good. Be good.